hear about all of the treatments for chronic and major health problems, but often don't know what works and what may not. There are advantages in conventional medicine, as well as inroads that are being made in alternative medicine, natural healing, and biological dentistry. Welcome to Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins. We'll sort everything out and bring it to you in easy-to-understand terms. Now, here is Dr. Robbins. Hello, everyone, and welcome back again to another edition of Functional Medicine. And uh, remember, what we do on this show is not just offer the problems that everybody is faced with in their health, but we offer answers. And that's the most important thing. And the answers that we try to offer, uh, if there are any answers at all, are safe, healthy, uh, natural ways of treating things uh, so that you don't have to put your life at risk to try to overcome a problem. Also, we're not terribly interested in improving people's health. What we try to do is come up with true answers, getting to the causes, the true root causes of medical problems, and treat the cause, get rid of the symptoms, rather than just cover them up like most of allopathic uh, traditional medicine seems to enjoy doing. Um, So uh, first, I want to uh, thank you all for listening. It's a beautiful day here. I don't know what it's like by you. Uh, but um, I want to thank our sponsor, Doctors Biome, dot, um, and Doctors Biome, D-O-C-T-O-R-S-B-I-O-M-E dot com. It is the first of its kind, next generation, smart bacterias, probiotic drink. It is absolutely delicious. It survives the stomach over 85% and populates the wall of the colon, getting rid of all the concerns and, and um, uh, annoyances by all the authorities on probiotics today. Uh, Doctors Biome has overcome all these issues. It's a standalone, first-of-its-kind uh, product. And as today, we're going to be talking about the COVID virus, it's extremely important in boosting your T-cell system by getting into the wall of the gut, getting yeast in balance. So that part of the immune system that has to fight viruses is not going to be overwhelmed fighting yeast that's overgrowing from the use of antibiotics, even if you've taken them only once in your lifetime. So doctorsbiome.com, and I'll also give you the code RADIO20, R-A-D-I-O 20, and you get 20% off your first order. I also want to say that these shows are doing very well. We're archived, and that's very important uh, because not everybody can listen live to us all the time. But the show is archived, and you can tell your friends all they need to do is go to voiceamerica.com, V-O-I-C-E-A-M-E-R-I-C-A.com, okay? Tell them to go to the uh, Health and Wellness channel, look for Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins, and all the shows are up usually within 24 hours so that they can listen at their leisure. And we're actually heard in over 15 countries worldwide. So um, we're getting a lot of attention Uh, because of the nature of the show and also because of the quality of the guests that I have on. Uh, Today, I'm I'm bringing you one of the big boys now, one of the big shots in in, in natural health care, Dr. Lionel Bassoon. 
uh, Dr. B, you know, uh, he has a, a long history of, of what he does. He brought um, mesotherapy here to the U.S. And if you don't know what that is, maybe we'll do a whole show on it. It's the use of vitamins and minerals and herbal stuff uh, that's injected that um, tightens. It's like getting facelifts and plastic surgery without the surgery. And I'm sure I'm making a <laughs> very light of it compared to the benefits that it has, but that's a whole show in itself. Uh, Lionel, Dr. Bassoon, he specializes in anti-aging medicine, hormone replacement therapy, weight loss, cosmetic. He has practices on the Upper West Side in New York, and um, he is really one of the outstanding uh, people that I've learned and had the privilege of knowing, working with, training him in ozone therapy. Um, because he's pretty well known. He's been on uh, the Dr. Oz show, Rachel Ray, 2020. Um, uh, I mean, the list is long. Uh, the list is long because he's a pretty famous guy in the medical, uh, the natural medical world. So, first of all, um, welcome, Dr. Bissoon. Thank you, Dr. Robbins. Boy, that's some introduction. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! I mean, if I I could spend the whole show introducing you with your with your credentials. <laughs> you know, you tend to forget you tend to forget these things. But uh, I'm listening to you. I'm going like, who is this guy? He's introducing. But <laughs> so so today thanks, today we're going to talk today we're going to talk about and really get into uh, something that we've had several shows before. So in our series right now, obviously, COVID-19 is, is still up and running, and it's a very serious problem. We're going to offer some answers for it because you and I have been having some great success with it, as have others. And I want to try to put it in its place in the minds of people. And I'm having some trouble myself, and I get very aggravated about this, accepting certain statistics that we get. And we, I'm going to start off by saying, and I just looked these up today just to make sure I had the latest numbers. So over, over 600,000, almost 650,000 Americans die every year from heart disease. That's one in every four deaths in this country. Strokes Correct. kill 140,000 Americans each year. That's one in every 20 deaths. All right? Um, flu, according to the CDC, you're going to get 39 million to 56 million people getting it this past year in this country, with 18 million to 26 million medical visits, with 410 to 740,000 flu hospitalizations, and with a 24,000 to 62,000 flu deaths. And that's pretty much average for all the years that they do with flu, and that's what they expected. Now we go to coronavirus. Worldwide, the latest statistics that I get, 12,200-something thousand people are, are, have been tested positive worldwide. That may, even if you double that, keep in mind we have 7 billion people in the world, and there's only 12 million people that have been tested, and let's double it. Let's make it 25 billion people who, uh, because people don't even know they had it, they might test positive. There have been half a million deaths, just half a million deaths, and that's worldwide, okay? So in, um, 
in this country, we've had just under 3 million people uh, having it, and with 131,000 deaths, and I think that number is going to get adjusted because you could be dying of other problems, and they, if you happen to test positive for COVID, they're relating it to COVID. So how do we rec- how do you, what's your take on why this has become such a big thing when you compare it to these other numbers that I just gave? Okay. Well, you know, when I studied with you last year, every time you'd ask me a question, you would say, come on, you know the answer. And I'll go, what do you mean I know the answer? And you'll come on, it's about the dollar sign, right? So this is actually a, turned into a big business, right? So Dr. Fauci back in 2014 said, hey, we could treat uh, SARS uh, pneumonia with um, hydroxychloroquine. And now he's saying, hey, we can't do that. He's not pushing a vaccine. Bill Gates has been pushing a vaccine, and there's all this funding going into vaccine. And honestly, there is, we, you and I do ozone therapy. Well, ozone therapy, it's, as you, in your article that you published, says it costs pennies. Uh, vaccines cost thousands of dollars. And so at the end of the day, one, one would have to conclude that, hey, when you look at the facts, just looking at facts, these are not my facts, these are not your facts, it's the facts you just read. And, and that there has to be some other motive going on here. And uh, they're not just you, not just I, but other people, physicians are saying the same thing. And uh, I think the vaccine industry is raring to go and there is so much money being uh, put into vaccine development. And look, I'm not an anti-vaccine guy, but there are other things we could do to treat COVID-19. Um, okay. So that to be safe, as, as you would say, it comes all back down to a financial uh, decision. Well, like I always, I've always said, follow the money trail. And one of the things that made this Sorry, scary I thing. You correctly. <laughs> no, you quoted me accurately. But the money trail is key. And when you think about mm-hmm. why is everybody... Why, why, why has this been raised to the level that it's been raised? I take a look at the media. The media makes money from advertisement. Tune in later for the latest on the blizzard that's coming, the hurricane that's coming, mm-hmm. um, the storm that's coming. And uh, when you tune in later, they sell advertisement. So they mm-hmm. took this infection, which is kind of serious i'm not making it out to be nothing um it's kind of serious and they blew it out of proportion to get you to tune in later because Mm -hmm. it sells it sells and then the government seemed to want to jump on this i i feel just to protect their 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 position to show that they care and that they want to be involved with it um for for their own reasons uh, obviously to get reelected. Power, money, control is everything in, in the world, whether you like it or not. Um, so I don't see why we should be so fearful of it, particularly if we know we have an effective treatment for it, which we'll talk right. about. Your right. take? Well, well, look, I'm in agreement with you, not because I'm a guest, but that's been my thoughts also. And other uh, doctors I've spoken with feel, feel the same way. Uh, in reality, look, this has become a political thing. It hasn't, it's, the science have gone out the window. And, and the thing is, any doctor who disagree with mainstream media, well, they're going to say, you're a crazy guy. 
I mean, the guy who uh, won the Nobel Prize for HIV um, basically said, hey, you know, this virus has HIV sequences, uh, this is man-made, and they all said, oh, he's a nut job, he's crazy. Well, the guy won the Nobel Prize for it. And, and so there, uh, there is uh, a motive, and I think it's more of a political motive than anything else. I, I, I think, look, when we look at the debt rate for the entire country, approximately 2.5 million people die a year in the United States. That's the annual debt rate. For the, for the uh, country, then you could break it down into different subgroups, which you did. So in reality, per state, a hundred. Uh, if you if we go by fifty states and don't include uh, and don't include territories, approximately hundred and fifty people die per state per year. I'm sorry, per day. So so when you start looking at these numbers and um, and you start saying, wait, something this doesn't smell right here. And look, let's not. Um, demean the significance of the disease. People are dying from it. I have patients who have died from it. Um, And I know of people who have loved ones who uh, have have passed away from the disease. And so it's real, but it shouldn't be used as a political tool. It shouldn't be used as a political weapon. It shouldn't be used to scare people. It shouldn't be used for fear and intimidation. I mean, look, common sense is common sense. And we've all been adhering to social distancing and wearing masks and washing hands. And, yeah, there are some people who are not going to follow the rules. But at the end of the day, I can only see this as a political uh, movement. Well, I can't disagree with you. I totally agree with you. Um, So let's get into some of the things about this, and let's see if we can get rid of some of the, the... the uh, various uh, myths and and opinions that uh, have been put out on what to do and how it happens. For example, transmission. So for many, most of the time this has been going on, uh, the who, I I always like to go, who the hell is the who? (laughs) Exactly. They're a privately funded organization that the World Health Organization, by their name, makes it sound like there's some government World Some government group. body, which it's not. I know. So they say it only comes from droplets. You know, when people cough or sneeze um, or, or speak, water droplets come out. If they fall on surfaces and you touch it, you can. You know, you need to wash your hands, which I'm in strong favor of uh, washing your hands and not touching your face. But there's over. And I, I I found this that there's almost. Well over 200 scientists from over 32 countries who don't agree with the WHO, they say there is strong evidence that the virus can spread in the air through much tinier particles that can float around in the air for hours that people may be breathing out, particularly if they're not wearing a mask. Um, And I'm seeing on the subways and places where there are times there some people not wearing masks. If you don't have great airflow, this could be a problem. Do you feel that this is one of the one of the concerns? Well, I I certainly feel it's a concern um, that people are not wearing masks. And look, it's it's going to be a way of life going forward. I mean, uh, if you remember during the uh, the bird flu, uh, I flew through uh, Hong Kong on my way to India, and almost half the people 
10 years ago on the airport in Hong Kong were wearing masks because they've just became a way of life for them over there. And I think we're going to have to look at reality, maybe a way of life. But as far as the transmission, yeah, so we know it could be transferred through micro droplets. But initially they said, well, you know, the virus lives on surfaces. Well, virus really don't live until it's in a human cell. and It has to be in a cell to be alive. It's, when it's on the surface, it's really dead. It's inactive. And they had originally said it was going to be 17 hours, then it was going to be two days, then it was going to be three days. And, and, and the, the science keeps changing. Look, this is a new virus. Technically, this has only been around as far as the admitting uh, since December, but in reality... That's going to have been around before because from tests I have on patients who had antibodies that would indicate they may have had this in November and they were sick in November and December in, in the United States. So transmission, they still haven't decided authoritatively how um, the micro droplets uh, as far as Floating around the AAS, we know that. But as far as on surfaces, they've changed that recommendation. So, yeah, we should still wash our hands, but now they're saying the virus doesn't last a long time on, on hard surfaces. And, by the way, if you take a bottle of Lysol and look in the back of the bottle of Lysol, there's a list of all the pathogens it kills. And it's the third line from the bottom in the middle. It says coronavirus. So... We know Lysol kills coronavirus and it's been around forever. So, you know, I told somebody um, before we were at pandemic state, go buy some Lysol and it thought I was crazy, but Lysol will help clean surfaces. Unfortunately, you can't spray a Lysol in the air. But right. the microdrop... Well, you can't even get it now. You can't even no, get it now. Can't. It's out of the stores. But, but Listen, know, let's, let's hold that thought. For, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, let's hold that thought. We're going to go to a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you dealing with gas, bloating, indigestion, or diarrhea? These symptoms may be a sign that your gut microbiome is out of balance. Doctors Biome is a patent-pending daily probiotic formulated to deliver beneficial bacteria where you need it most. So while other probiotics are struggling to survive, Doctors Biome is thriving and multiplying to give your gut the beneficial bacteria it needs. Dairy-free, gluten-free, in a delicious organic juice base. Try Doctors Biome today and save 20% with code HEALTHYGUT20. That's HEALTHYGUT20. Doctors Biome is a doctor-formulated probiotic shot for your gut and colon health. Our patent-pending process allows the bacteria to be alive from inception to ingestion, making them more effective than capsules that use freeze-dried probiotics. The probiotic strains are combined with an organic, non-GMO green juice. Save 20% today by using the code HAPPYGUT. Just go to doctorsbiome.com and use the code HAPPYGUT at checkout. (laughs) 
You are tuned in to Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins. If you have a question or a comment about the show, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ozonedoctor at yahoo.com. Now, back to Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins. Hello again, everybody. We're here with Dr. Lionel Bassoon. We're talking about COVID-19, and uh, it's hard. there's so much to discuss. So um, the incubation period, it's varied. They, they say it's 14 days. Um, uh, and just want to point out something with, um, as a comparison. COVID virus has very has strong similarities in the way it infects us as the Ebola virus, which is far more infectious. You can come in contact with sweat from a person from Ebola, um, uh, any kind of body fluid from an Ebola patient, and, um, it, and it lasts quite, quite, quite a few hours. And if you come in contact with these fluids, you can transmitted to yourself very rapidly. Um, we know that because of its biochemical structure that we can destroy the Ebola virus and the COVID virus with ozone. We're going to get into that um, over in, in, the next, in the next couple of uh, sections uh, of the show. But incubation, they say, is 14 days. Do you feel that's reasonable? Is that a long enough time for us to stay isolated? So... From what you read, uh, originally they were saying up to four weeks, but I think most people are accepting uh, it could possibly be up to two or three weeks for uh, incubation after exposure. As far as isolation, look, if you isolate for two weeks, and which brings us into symptoms, and you don't have any symptoms, most people, physicians will pretty much say you're safe to venture out. So, uh, so do you mind if I talk mention some of the symptoms? Let's go into symptoms. There's quite a few, okay. and you and I There's both have seen few. some things that aren't even on the list. So why don't you, yeah, right. please so, tell us all the symptoms so, that so you let's know of. Go through the most common ones, and then we'll talk about the three I was recently added. Uh, so fever or chills, uh, which is common. Cough. Uh, some people may just only have a dry cough. Shortness of breath or difficulty breathing. Look, if you get shortness of breath, don't even think about it. Just go straight to the hospital. Um, fatigue. Uh, so people will get fatigue, muscle aches, lack of energy. Some people can have headaches, decreased focus concentration, body aches, um, which uh, there's a neurological symptoms that we've been seeing more of where we have a loss of taste and one loss of smell. And one of our dear friends, who is also a physician, uh, he had COVID-19 and had a loss of um, taste and smell and lost about 30 pounds. He was quite happy with the weight loss, uh, <laughs> but not with the, the, the other symptoms. Soft throat um, was, was just been added. Um, runny nose has been run, recently added. Uh, nausea, vomit, and diarrhea has been recently added. And I will tell you, look, I know one patient who presented with uh, just diarrhea. And uh, thank God that patient was receiving ozone therapy and didn't get any other symptoms. And he had diarrhea for two days. Um, he got DIV, direct ozone gas, uh, during the time he was getting it before. And he worked as an Uber driver. And so he must have picked it up from somebody who was driving. 
and but two treatments of ozone therapy, and voila, you, so, you didn't have any other symptoms. So why do so, you think uh, these symptoms have been progressively growing in number? Why were they always there and they're being overlooked, or is it changing? Uh, well, there's that's a pretty interesting question because these symptoms were there and but they don't kind of fit the typical viral syndrome so they probably were being ignored and as we learn more about this virus we'll notice there are more symptoms i mean for instance originally when people had the toes where the toes were getting black and blue and necrotic and now it's called covid toes because there's microemboli blocking microscopic clots blocking off vessels and killing off tissues so there is those symptoms, uh, headaches, there's been dementia, there's been confusion, there's been unintentional weight loss, and which is an interesting symptom. You and I had mm-hmm. patients with unintentional weight loss, and which is kind of an unusual symptom. And, and then we had a colleague that had it also. So these symptoms uh, will continue uh, to evolve because it's a new virus. Uh, somebody this morning was telling me, Somebody who's recovered still has chronic fatigue-like symptoms for it's, and it's almost three months now and having chronic fatigue. So there's going to be a post-COVID syndrome that's going to be around with us for a long time, just like we had you know, in the 80s. We had uh, chronic fatigue, and we thought it was only the yuppies got that, but now we know more about chronic fatigue. And But... We're going to see uh, post-COVID syndrome with all these other neurological symptoms happening. Well, there's, you know, there, I've seen that. Uh, everything that you said, I've, um, uh, you know, their, their patients are uh, having problems staying awake. Uh, you know, they're mm-hmm. very fatigued. You're right. There's confusion. The trouble breathing is pretty persistent. We've had some mm-hmm. great results, not just with direct IV ozone, but we've been using that Hockett sauna, and we found that's mm-hmm. beneficial. Um, and let's we'll talk about the treatment of it with ozone in a few minutes. I want to get into that because there, this is, without a doubt, not just an answer now, but it's going to be an answer of the future. Uh, what I feel has been happening, and I'd like your opinion about it, is as this virus mutates, just like the flu virus mutates rapidly, as it mutates, it can mutate and cause new symptoms. And that's why I think some of the symptoms may not have been overlooked, but may be starting to show up now because they're, they're getting different versions of it. And the question is, if you have had the virus in one form, do you really, do you feel people are going to be immune to it in its mutated versions or could they get re, um, you know, I don't know, call it reinfected, but sick again just from having the virus mutate in them? Well, look, we know factually that they do could get, certain people could be reinfected because in China, China's actually documented that people have gotten reinfected. And there are some people who may get the virus and not make antibodies to the virus. And I have patients who have tested positive for the virus but have no antibodies. So if you made no antibodies, that means you're prone to be reinfected. And, yes, there are multiple uh, um, different uh, subtypes of the virus. And uh, so as we evolve into uh, 
more variations of the virus, you may not be immune to different uh, forms of the virus, yeah. And well, we don't know how long, if you had antibodies, how long these antibodies uh, will last. So I'm testing people who have been positive, and I'm checking the antibodies every month to basically get an idea if these antibodies are going to stay, which they should stay, but we don't know how long it's going to last because, again, it's a new virus. So it's, it's, we, it's an interesting question uh, as far as reinfection. Look, we know China have had people reinfected. We know there are people who don't make antibodies, and we know there are different strains of the virus. And so the strains, there could be strains that are less virulent, and we could have strains that become more virulent. And so this is an evolving uh, situation, basically. Very interesting. Uh, and the reason I say that is I've been reading a, a study that came out from Spain, and it said just 5% of, uh, of Spaniards were detected to have antibodies to the virus. Um, and 14% of people who previously tested positive for antibodies tested negative just weeks later. Um, and um, their concern is, you know, um, there's, there's no proof yet that showing that herd immunity is going to take place. So that was something that we were concerned might be a benefit in, you know, um, in people allowing themselves to become sick. Right. Well, I think Sweden did that experiment. And yep. they, that rate was, wasn't so bad, but they, they, they took a hit on the economy. But um, they haven't really proved that there is herd immunity. They just... So what they did was they told us that people who were at high risk to stay home. So, so high risk people stayed home. So in our country, the high risk people got exposed. And for instance, in New York, the governor basically forced COVID patients into nursing homes and essentially wiped out half the nursing home population because it spread like wildfire. Uh, throughout the nursing home population. And so we are not sure. I mean, the Brits were going to try that initially, and, and at the last minute they changed their mind because people were getting super sick and people were dying. So it's, it's a dangerous experiment to, to try. I mean, who, who decides to play God and decide we're going to let a certain amount of people die? You know, and it's so that's that yeah. the problem with herd immunity. It's a terrible thing because, look, I don't want to die, you don't want to die, and we don't want to know anybody we know, love, or care about dying. Right. I don't want anybody to die. But people exactly. are going to get infection. They're going to have weak immune systems. They haven't done anything to keep their immune system strong, and they're going to pass on. It's going to happen. And what's interesting is, and I, I, just, I think we should touch on it, is... Young people should have strong immune systems, generally speaking. And yet we're finding, even though it's a small percentage of all the deaths, I think it's less than a half percent um, of all the deaths are in young people. But we're hearing 18-year-olds, I'm hearing uh, young people are dying from this. What is it with the, I have my opinions, I want to hear yours. What are your opinions on why some of these young people who should survive it aren't? So, look, just to put, uh, make this a little more real, 
on Monday morning, my lab assistant tells me one of their family friends, 22-year-old boy, got up at 5 in the morning, visited his parents, went back to sleep. Mother says, geez, kid's not waking up. She goes to wake him up. Kid died. She walked in. The kid was cold, stiff. I mean, that's a horrible, horrible thing. Why did this kid who had COVID-19 die, and why did the mother, father, sisters did not pass away? And so, and so I said, did this kid have any other medical issues? And the kid had no, no other medical issues. So I believe the virus is um, doing something to people who are susceptible to the immune system. So they, uh, that, and that's the reason why certain people don't make antibodies, because you should make antibodies. There is also... You know, look, we're being exposed to so many different things in our environment. We hate to think of electromagnetic frequencies, but they do affect our immune systems. We're exposed to infrared frequencies. We're affected to microwave frequencies. We're all these things that we take for granted in our environment that's also bombarding our immune systems. So people are getting sicker, yeah, because the toxic chemicals in our environment and those things, when we talk about comorbidities, we don't look at those things. So all these environmental exposures could be considered uh, a comorbidity. So my, I believe it's a dis- dysfunction in the immune system that's uh, happening. But with this particular kid I talked about, I, I, you know, they're not doing an autopsy, but I believe he probably had a um, blood clot that went to his lung. Oh, it's hard. And so one of the treatment protocols, if you have COVID-19 and you went to the hospital, one of the first things they started doing is anticoagulation. So we know the virus uh, makes our bodies, creates microclots. And these, initially we weren't seeing them because we were looking for pulmonary embolisms, but it's these microscopic clots that are basically being generated and causing these embolisms. So my thoughts, it could be a combination of environmental, microscopic clots, and um, basically some sort of uh, immune dysregulation dysfunction. Okay. I have, uh, in addition to that, not instead of, a lot of people say, well, it can't be that. It's got to be this. I disagree. I think it could be this and that. Yeah, um, multifactorial. Uh, yes. And I, I think you've got to take a look at what we've done to the, ki- to the young people in this, cu- in this country. Um, by the time they're 20 years old, they've had close to 40 different immunizations, mostly for viruses. Now, you're, you're injecting all these virus, these weakened viruses into the body to stimulate antibody responses. And ultimately, the part of the immune system, the T-cell system, has to fight this and deal with it constantly um, it, it wears away at its ability to fight a more infectious situation when it happens. In addition, all the kids that I know, if they get a sniffle, if they wake up, they don't feel right. They are dragged to their pediatrician who prescribes an antibiotic, almost as if it's saying, hey, drink, go home, drink water, and take an antibiotic every day. Now, all these antibiotics kill off all the good bi- biome in the gut, weakens the T-cell system because now it has to fight overgrowths of yeast, candidiasis. Now, that wouldn't be as bad, except most of these kids have a diet that's so rich in sugar 
and refined carbohydrates that become simple sugar, it feeds mm. the yeast dramatically. And I think candidiasis is, um, and the weakening of the T-cell system having to deal with that is another common added factor. Um, you put all these things together, including what you said, and that's why I think young people are going when they shouldn't even yeah. know they got it. So when I was speaking of the environment, I should have mentioned all the things he said, but, it's, you know, these things do happen. Look, kids have started on antibiotics from day one, and the slightest thing, you're right. The parents are going, hey, I need an antibiotic regardless of what it is. And, and sometimes the doctors are just given the antibiotic more to treat the parent to keep him from becoming hysterical and destroying the gut because 80% of our immune system lies in our gut. So when you insult to keep chronically insulting the gut, yes, you're going to have dysfunction in the immune system. So it's, it's multifactorial. It, it's, I'm an osteopath, and we're taught like the whole body's connected. It's, it's all related. It's not separate parts, and they work independently just like a well-oiled machine. And when you screw up one part of the machine, the rest of the machine will pay the price. And so, you know, young people shouldn't be dying, but the insult to the immune system starting from birth has an impact on them. Look, when I grew up, I don't recall ever seeing a kid with knowing of anybody who had uh, autism. Now it's like 1 in 20. And these kids are being vaccinated from the time they come out the womb before their immune system could even develop. And But when we speak of vaccines, look, vaccines also have things like mercury in it. They have heavy, other heavy metals like arsenic. Uh, some of these vaccines are growing in rat cells. What makes you think we're not getting some of those uh, rat tissues in those vaccines? Uh, some of them are growing in monkey cells. Some of them are growing in... in um, primate cells, some of them are grown in eggs. So you're transferring some of those animal proteins into the body also, which could uh, create antibodies that they're proteins, which could also cross-react with our body. And hence, we also have autoimmune diseases. All right, we're going to go to a commercial break right now. When we come back, let's talk a little bit more about vaccine and try to sum up as much as we can. Uh, Everybody, hang in there. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you dealing with gas, bloating, indigestion, or diarrhea? These symptoms may be a sign that your gut microbiome is out of balance. Doctors Biome is a patent-pending daily probiotic formulated to deliver beneficial bacteria where you need it most. So while other probiotics are struggling to survive, Doctors Biome is thriving and multiplying to give your gut the beneficial bacteria it needs. Dairy-free, gluten-free, in a delicious organic juice base. Try Doctors Biome today and save 20% with code HEALTHYGUT20. That's HEALTHYGUT20. Doctors Biome is a doctor-formulated probiotic shot for your gut and colon health. Our patent-pending process allows the bacteria to be alive from inception to ingestion, making them more effective than capsules that use freeze-dried probiotics. The probiotic strains are combined with an organic, non-GMO green juice. Save 20% today by using the code HAPPYGUT. 
Just go to doctorsbiome.com and use the code HAPPYGUT at checkout. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned in to Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins. If you have a question or a comment about the show, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ozonedoctor at yahoo.com. Now, back to Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins. So... We're talking with Dr. Lionel Bassoon. Obviously, this show is all about COVID-19. We're trying to get rid of some of the myths and and misunderstandings about it. And um, uh, there's two things that we have a lot more to talk about, but there's only two things that I'd like, I think we'll have time for. We're first going to talk about uh, immunizations, what to expect, will they work? And then ultimately, let's talk about ozone therapy as a viable uh, treatment for it and how that's being used worldwide in here to actually fix the problem so that we leave everybody with that. So let's talk more about vaccination. The government in um, has a program, um, uh, Warp Speed, I think it's called, Operation Warp Speed. Uh, they're putting billions of dollars into um, pharmaceutical companies, again, all about the money, to manufacture vaccines. Mm -hmm. What do you feel is the chance of these vaccines working if they come out with one? And what are the risks that people are going to take if they allow themselves to be vaccinated versus just risking the virus? Okay. Well, again, let's not, uh, I'm not going to speculate, but I'll tell you factually that First of all, uh, Bill Gates, who's a big proponent of vaccines, basically have said 700,000 people may probably die from the vaccine. So imagine you getting on a, a plane and being told once the plane lands, somebody on this plane will be dead. Who's getting on that plane? Uh, and now they say they want to initially give this vaccine to African-Americans and Native American Indians first. So if you're saying... 700 people, 1,000 people are going to die, and this is a group of people you want to give it to first. Sounds like a calling to me. Um, and so uh, with that said, uh, to truly evaluate a, the effectiveness of a vaccine, you truly need about two to five years, and more in the range of three to five years. So when you rush something like this to market, in, in the attempt to say we're going to save lives, how many lives are you going to sacrifice? How many uh, people are going to end up with chronic disabilities? Um, so I think rushing to get a vaccine is a dangerous thing. I, I certainly wouldn't want to be that. Wouldn't be taking it, and I certainly wouldn't advise my friends and family to be in line for that. Because if they already said X amount of people are going to die, why would you line up? to take a shot that may possibly kill you. Um, and so safety of vaccine, you can't truly evaluate the safety of a vaccine 
in what we have six more months by the end of the year. That's not enough time to value the safety of a vaccine. I think we as a species will end up paying the price for that if we do mass vaccinations on people without having really good uh, data on, on safety. And so we don't know because this is an RNA virus. The AIDS virus has been around for 40 years. And in 40 years, there's no vaccine for this virus because the virus keeps evolving and this virus keeps evolving. So the virus, you may get a vaccine for a virus of the strain and you may be immune to that strain, but then you could get sick from another strain. So this is, this is really, you know, uh, a guessing game. It's, it's Russian roulette with a vaccine. Uh, I, I'm, I would not let my kids or family take this. I, I'm in agreement for many reasons, I, although I always admit and like to be upfront about the fact I'm an anti-vaccine doctor, and I have been for many years um, for many different reasons and many different problems that they cause. But the fact is that flu vaccine, and I always try to have something you can try and compare things to, a flu vaccine has 25% less effectiveness. A couple of, two or three years ago, they chose the wrong strains. They even said that it isn't going to work, but you should do it anyway, in spite of the possible adverse effects from the vaccine mm-hmm. that people may have. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the, the the viruses mutate so rapidly, certainly within a month or two, they already have mutated into numerous strains uh, that we don't know if that vaccine will have any, any ability to create antibodies against any of the other forms of this virus. So I can't get behind the, the concept of vaccination for this. And yet, I believe that's put aside. I'm not going to put aside the money that's going to be involved because that's one of their reasons for doing it. I think they're Mm -hmm. misleading the American public to believe that vaccines will be the answer. You don't have Mm -hmm. to worry. And when vaccines fail, what is going to happen in this country? Are we going to close it down completely again? Well, once it fails, look, it's interesting because the big farmer gets all this funding to make vaccines and regardless of their work or regardless of their cause side effects, they are held, held harmless. So you cannot sue a vaccine manufacturer. You actually have to sue the United States government in the vaccine courts. So, which is kind of bizarre, right? So you're yep. a private company, but you have immunity. So you could have a bad vaccine, you could kill a bunch of people, but you're not responsible enough, the federal government's responsible for it. And so, yeah, there is a possible, look, to go into another lockdown um, would be devastating to this country and hope we don't go down that way. And I, you know, if there's such, if possible, herd immunity happens, it happens, but you know, there's so many strains that I don't see that happening. So what do we do uh, right now? We do, well, um, wear our masks, wear our gloves, wash our hands, and try to stay away as much as possible. But society does have to come back. Society does have to re- resort. And so we will probably at some point in time have to have some level of herd immunity, but that's going to take time. One of the but things no that immunity for the for the the common uh, uh, flu virus, right? 
No. Every year it's a different vaccine. And and it's a different vaccine, and the vaccine consists of the, the, the virus for the last five years. So we, they take the virus for the last five years and put it together and create the vaccine, hoping there's an overlap. And that's how so the flu virus vaccine is created. So let's talk about the real, what I feel is the real answers for this problem. First, I think there's always the basic answers, of course, wash your hands, don't touch your face, wear a mask, and all this sort of thing. There's a, we could do a whole show just on all the controversy over whether masks work or not, which ones you need, and everything else. But we won't have time for that today. But, um, uh, you know, first of all, I've always said you, the, the world is filthy, so we can't control the environment, but we can control our internal environment by doing everything we can to boost our own immune system through eating healthy food, um, uh, taking uh, some supplements, particularly I'm a big fan of vitamin C frequently during the day. All my patients do it five or six times a day to their stomach tolerance. Being well hydrated seems to be very important because you can't have a functional immune system as most people walk around without one in a dehydrated state. Those are things that we can do ourselves. I've promoted our sponsor, Doctors Biome, already. Um, because doctor's biome boosts that T-cell system up by getting yeast imbalance in the gut. Mm -hmm. These are the things that we can, you know, everyone can do that's listening. But we have something else that we have been using, you and I and others have been using, and it's called intravenous ozone therapy. Though I have to say there's a paper coming out, I believe, on Friday. Uh, one of the up-and-comers in our business, Dr. Brownstein, uh, Dr. Rowan helped him write the paper, um, showed that just IM injections of ozone gas, ozone's a gas, into the, into the mm -hmm. muscle was overcoming the, the thing, along with some supplements that he gave. Mm -hmm. um, right. In Europe, in Spain, in Italy, there's now uh, uh, some 17-plus hospitals that are using intravenous ozone therapy in a blood method um, to... Right. Uh, to effectively save lives and eliminate uh, the worst cases of the virus and treat it. And now here, we've been using it as well. So why don't, we, why don't you talk about the results that you've been getting, and then if there's any time left, I'm going to just say ditto because that's what I've been doing too. Okay. So as I mentioned, uh, the one uh, patient who had diarrhea, and we didn't really think it was from... Um, COVID-19 until so we tested him and he had the virus and but he only symptom he had was for two days and he was receiving ozone therapy uh, there's somebody else I've treated with ozone therapy and uh, did not suspect that patient had the virus but since her husband was the uber driver I brought her in and tested her and she had antibodies did not get a fever did not get a cough did not get diarrhea had zero symptoms um, I had a one gentleman, he had unintentional weight loss, actually he's a physician, and he had no symptoms of the unintentional weight loss. And he was in a high-risk group because he had cardiac problems, not a symptom other than weight loss. And he did really, really well. Uh, so we have several other patients who... Uh, we treated not knowing they had COVID. Look, there are people in January and February we treated who 
had COVID-19 and back then there was no test and we didn't even know enough of COVID-19 who are treated and with ozone therapy and when we did antibody testing on these people later because I said you know you remember I was sick so we went back and checked for antibodies and they have antibodies so we do know the people we treated with ozone uh, did not get sick uh, and and if they were sick they got better very quickly and so we treat people preventatively also we have people who uh, continue to work during um, COVID-19 and they came in and got treated with direct gas twice a week uh, and they went about their business so look we know this kills viruses and actually I believe <laughs> you published that article in, in the Journal of Infectious Disease that yep. actually gave the directions on how to use um, ozone therapy in treating uh, COVID-19, you and Dr. Rowan. That was your publication. And yep. so I've followed that protocol uh, quite successfully. And so I'm really happy with it. And um, we continue to encourage people, look, don't wait. Just do this preventatively if there's something you could do because the ozone boosts your immune system. It gets your immune system working better. It improves your T-cell function. It increases oxygenation. It breaks down biofilms. It actually kills the virus also and other viruses. And I'm throwing also it's used in Lyme disease and so many different conditions. I mean, look, we could talk for ozone yes. for like 24 hours a day for the next month. Unfortunately, but, the show I, is coming to an end now. And right, the, but it's Lionel, give us your contact information. People are going to have to want to speak with you. How can they reach you? Okay, so my office is 212-579-9136, 212-579-9136, and the office website is Lyondale Medical. Uh, that's L-I-O-N-D-A-L-E, uh, medical. Wonderful. Listen, uh, we're going to have you on. We want to talk about other things on the show. We're not just going to talk about COVID. Uh, I'm going to have you back in a few weeks if you're available, and we can talk about uh, mesotherapy or some of the other stuff you feel is important in, in the work that you do. You do some amazing things. I want to thank everybody for listening to us today. Remember to tell your friends to go to Archives, Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins, and remember to, to um, look into taking this probiotic, Doctor's Biome uh, drink. It's delicious. You won't be sorry. Your whole family needs to be on it. And remember, you can get 20% off your entire order by using Radio 20 in the coupon code. Thank you all for listening. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you all next week. Bye-bye now. Thank you for listening to Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins. Be sure to join us again next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll be glad to talk again next week. 